This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Evening, Tuesday night. It is time for the Fight Disciples. You know how we do this. 6.30 to 7.30 every single Tuesday right here on Radio City Talk. We get stuck into everything that is Merseyside boxing related. And we've got one heck of a fight to be talking about over the next hour or so, uh, which involves our very own Smith Brothers Super Welterweight. I have to refer to him as that because there's so many of them at this moment in time fighting at different weights. We've just got to narrow it down to which one it is. It is, of course, Liam Beefy Smith taking on uh, Liam Williams this weekend um, for what we would class as a world title because we know that Canelo's going to step up in that weight division. Uh, So it's for the WBO interim world title. Manchester Arena is the venue and it is £154 that they'll hopefully be weighing in on. On, uh, on Friday. Beefy, obviously the former world champion in this particular division, taking on the up-and-coming rising British superstar that is the Welshman, Liam Williams. He's on a bit of a tour at the moment. Eight knockouts on the spin, this kid. Um, so I, excited about this fight. Well, normally I would We've have... been said, so excited. I would have said to you announced. that Liam Smith's coming off the back of a defeat, but he's not, because he had a little cheeky trip to Barcelona, didn't he? He's yeah, not exactly, coming off the back yeah. of a defeat, hence... You know what, it was perfect because obviously Liam got to shake a little bit of cobwebs off, get rid of the Canelo defeat in his mind. It was a little cheeky trip to Barcelona, shake, put a win on his record, which automatically qualifies him to be able to fight for the interim belt. Apparently you can't fight for a, mm. a, a version of the WBO world title, whether it's the full or the interim, unless you're coming off a win. So that it worked. And plus Joe Gallagher got to do a little ciggy run. So it worked <laughs> out for Joe as well. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's get him on the phone. Uh, Joe Gallagher. Hi, mate. All well? Excited? Yeah, I can't wait. God, mate. not as excited as not as another, excited another, as we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got to be a great fight. The thing is, is it's a, it, for, for being a Mancunian, it's hard to get it across. Sometimes growing up watching them Ricky Hatton nights and everything else, and last week, two weekends ago, it was Crawler there topping the bill for Lionel's Ring magazine. Then two weeks on, you're back at the arena again, and you've got Liam Smith potentially could become a two-time world champion. Yeah, yeah. Paul Butler, one of the best talents in British boxing, in my opinion, and. Uh, making roads inwards for another second shot of world time. It's just great times. It's just, oh, it's like you've, you've got the lottery ticket and you can't believe it, mate. So, um, you know, it's just a great time. Really looking forward to it, mate. Joe, just just before we talk about the actual contest itself, let's talk about the event because we've waxed lyrical on the show a lot about, obviously, BT's now involvement through Frank and what have you. And, and Beefy's going to be one of those guys, hopefully, that benefits from that. He's, he's gone under the radar, really. I mean, this is a guy, like you've just said, former world champ, hopefully now going to be a two-time world champ. Um, but when you compare him to other people in that weight division that are maybe on a, a different television platform, the fame and the notoriety isn't necessarily there. This is going to be wicked for his career. Definitely, mate. And you, you're seeing, I don't know if you've seen it, some of the stuff that's gone out of Liverpool Football Club yeah. and BT and they had Liam and Stephen Gerrard there and having that type of endorsement for a huge club like Liverpool Football Club and Stephen Gerrard, one of the best English players um, we've seen over the modern years it's, it's fantastic endorsements and hopefully now Liam's profile um, raises now with a, with a great performance on Saturday night Just wait till uh, Joe to say that I'm going to say that absolutely <laughs> ruined him he's a United fan and him too that killed him to say that. that that killed him <laughs> Right, let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're only messing no, but li- Listen, Stephen Gerrard, he was there when Liam fought in Dallas. And uh, listen, it's no different when Crawler's fighting and Wayne Rooney comes out ringside yeah. and watches yeah. him. It, 
the capture the imagination. Boxing's a working class sport, do you understand? Working man sport as is football, and the lads can relate all the time. Um, but for Liam Smith, it's a huge opportunity again now, and like I say, to become possibly a two time world champion. Um, a lot of credit for Liam Smith. He could have come back, although he did come back and have a cheeky little four rounder. Yeah. He could have had a couple more title warm up fights, but Liam wants to get back in and get in there and, and pit his wits against the best. And what I always say before we get slated on Twitter and social media all the time listen, my lads could easily take their easy route like other fighters out there and have easy defences, but they're not about that. They want to test themselves against the best all the time. They're in it for the game, not the fame. And I think um, Liam Smith is, is an example of that now this weekend. Mm. Whose idea was it for that cheeky little war um, uh, in in Barcelona, mate? Because when I saw it, I was actually in Tenerife when it happened, and I saw it and I thought, that's a stroke of genius. Whose was it? Are you claiming it? Is that yours? No, no, listen, it's, 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 a, it's a team effort, mate. There's, there's no team effort. I, I do feel um, last year when I looked at it, Liam Williams had 22 rounds of boxing. Liam Smith only had 11. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedrag and uh, Canelo. And uh, Liam Williams was in like some decent fights with Corcoran, uh, finished yeah. the year with Goldberts. And it's just like he's coming into this fight with his tail up. Liam didn't have the best camp with Cal Brook, so it was just a case of getting him um, down down in his weight, getting the small gloves on again, getting that four-rounder. And he's coming into a fight on the back of a win. And um, just having that sharpness, shaking off the ring rust and them, them fears that he might have going in about his cuts and his injuries, all them, they've all gone now. Them goals are gone now and he's fully focused and uh, ready to uh, do a number on Saturday night. Well, that's it, isn't it, the psychological aspect of this game, because it is a lonely sport. You mentioned the Stephen Gerrard interview and he speaks about that, the, the loneliness of the sport. The psychological aspect is massive and obviously after what happened with the fight with Canelo, I mean, we eulogised over it, we thought he put up a great performance, but it's important that he feels... Like you just, I think the word that you just were, used there was tail up, isn't it? He's coming off the back of a win now, and it also helps that coming off the back of a win means that this is now for the interim world title. Yeah, it, it does, and um, I think that William, Liam Williams, I think Gary Lockett did, did a piece uh, yesterday, I think it was in the Daily Mail, saying, oh, Liam Smith, they're kidding themselves if he thinks he's got a bit better after losing to Canelo Alvarez. Um, he was talking about his own career, that after Kelly Pavlik, he didn't have the motivation, he couldn't carry on, and he's likening Liam Smith most probably to be like that. But Gary Lockett was 31 at the time of that when he fought Kelly Pavlik. Yeah. Um, when Gary Lockett was 28, which I will remind him today of, it was in the peak of his career with wins over Eastman and Ryan Rhodes. Liam Smith's 28, and I still feel he's not in the peak yet. So that year, next 18 months, we've got to see the best of Liam Smith. So if they're... If Gary's hoping on Liam being like he was, then they've got to be in for a rude awakening. But I think it's just mind games. Like you say, psychology, everyone's looking for that little edge now on fight week. They're expecting war of words and Liam Williams on social media and beefy biting. And I feel it's a case of someone can just light a match and drop in this press conference today. Or yeah. hope so. I hope so. You know that that makes my job a lot easier, Joe. I hope so. Go on. Do, no, some, do something crazy. No, no. It's, but but I've I, I promised everyone this year I'm just got to be normal this year. <laughs> I've done what upset no one. I'm hated enough as it is. <laughs> is, th- is this the worst week with Beefy, Joe? Because Beefy's a fighter's fighter, isn't he? He loves the gym. He loves the grind. He loves the train. He loves the fight night. But this media week, the last few days of media to make him wait, I always think... Beefy must hate this time. He doesn't feel. He doesn't ever seem too comfortable in this final week. He loves the fight. He loves the training. Yeah, I think all fighters are like that. I think that, that I, I'm more nervous uh, last week because it's the final week of preparation. Mm. But I think the fighters this week, it's now getting in the zone, the pressure, as always. 
the phone starts going mad when people are wanting last-minute tickets and, mm. elite, and it's like a noise fight. It's like, oh, what are you coming on now for? Do you know what I mean? Eight weeks out. Just stresses uh, of things like that where Orlean wants to just rest up, make weight in the zone and get fully focused. And like I said to Liam last night, he was in the gym and I, I, he was watching a, a montage of his best wins. And I've said to him this week now, I just want to watch you to, to watch yourself yeah. and remind yourself how good you are what you're very good at and um, get in there and and, uh, and that's it because like you say losing to Canelo he can most probably think oh I'm a, I'm a, I'm a not but then you've just got to remind yourself how good you are and Liam Smith this week is all about resting up reminding himself watching himself and then going in there and taking care of business on, on Saturday night Nick does that we are sure mate he, he listens to it over and over again and then like self-praises himself that's what you do don't you <laughs> I don't know about self-praise <laughs> I kind of look back and think God did I say that will, it, will Liam stay in Manchester or this week Joe will he stay for a couple of days or will he keep coming back to Liverpool or no Liverpool Liam's, Liam's a home bird mm. he's Liverpool Liam and uh, his mates around Liverpool, he surrounds himself with his family, his brothers and his mates, and whether it be his football mates or whatever, but he just surrounds himself, he likes, he likes normality around him, Liam, mm. and that keeps his mind off it, keeps him relaxed, and um, that's it, he, he knows when he has to go to work Saturday night, he'll be able to switch on for that, but um, no, no, he'll most of stay most of Liverpool, he'll stay in Manchester, I think Friday night, Saturday night, the night before he'll uh, stay matched on Friday night. Yeah. yeah, whilst we've got you, has Butler got an opponent yet, mate, or what? Um, yeah, well, well, there's been three or four that's we've uh, <laughs> that's been put to us. We've accepted them all, and then we've come back and the he's board, fighting and the them all. Of, he's taking them all on. Fair play, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a warm up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, then then the board have knocked them back, and then the Argentine the Federation brought them back, and so we've agreed on someone else this morning now. So uh, we'll wait and see how it is, and. Listen, he's had two good, decent little fights. Come back since he's uh, joined yeah. me, and yeah. uh, he's fighting a kid now. Hopefully, he gets past that for Lewis Conception, drop Conception, but he got stopped himself late on. Um, I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head. But the bad boy Ruiz or somebody like that. Yeah. So, um, and that's hopefully that gets past, and uh, Paul will fight him in, a, in an eight rounder on Saturday night. I'm so excited then. Uh, his fingers crossed and they get it over the line that they get the, the Jamie McDonald fight. Yeah, I was just uh, going to say, Joe, have McDonald signed? Obviously, Paul was on the show last week and he said the co- he, you know he's he's happy with the contract and he's waiting for the McDonald to sign it now. Is that how close we are? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I think uh, Paul's just got to come through this weekend and then it's uh, full steam ahead. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Paul's improving all the time. Uh, his dad came down to the gym uh, the other day watching him and... Uh, with his old amateur coach Macker and that, and mm-hmm. listen, they, they were waxing um, over him. They, they just listen. It's like anything. It's all right if they're doing it in the gym. He's got to do it on a fight night. But I feel the length of time I've had with Paul has benefited both me and Paul. I feel um, he's allowed to develop into a decent-sized bantamweight now, developing strength, skill-wise, um, and everything else. And I just think now he's becoming a better all-round fighter all the time. And uh, when he, Lenares fought the other night, I spoke to Paul and said to him, listen, you need to have a watch of him. There's things he does that you can do, yeah. Joe, and uh, you need to take bits from him. And uh, he's just a class at Paul Butler. I just can't wait to, for him to, to get the big fight and then uh, we can back up the words with uh, actions, as I say. Top man. Nice one, Joe. Cheers, mate. Um, you're obviously a massive fan of Paul Butler. You have been since his, uh, his ABAs and you would go along with everything that uh, Joe was just saying there. Just a little bit of a shocker that it's taken so long to get an opponent for Paul, especially with 
the, the dawn of Jamie McDonnell on the horizon. You would have thought that yeah. they would have just got a carbon copy, obviously not to the standard of Jamie because Jamie's a sensational fighter, but someone tall, rangy, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah, let's go through the motions with that kid. It, it sounds like they may have had one or two, but as Joe should pointed out, then the problem is it, it's a fine balance now. You see, because obviously you want to give Paul a couple of rounds, but then also you don't want to take any unnecessary risks when you've got a world title on line. As Joe pointed out, then the board knocks some back. Someone else has knocked it back. So they found someone and gone, this guy, and the board have gone, no, 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 that guy's not on the way on the level of Paul Butler. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, you've got to be careful with the board. You've got to, everyone's got to be appeased really and sit around the table. And, you know, it, it's not like we're in the US where there's probably thousands of, of, of bantamweights floating around. You've probably only got a couple of hundred, especially this late in the game. And to fly someone into the board could be quite difficult. So, um, you know, fingers. Listen, it'll get sorted. They'll find someone. And uh, as Joe said, then it's it. You know, it's it's nice to hear Joe getting excited about about Paul Butler because Paul Butler was getting excited last week on this show about Joe Gallagher and mm. the relationship. So our friends, numbers, That's it exactly. <laughs> um, now we do obviously often get accused of bias on this show because we do have particular friends that we do side with when we're talking about uh, boxing. Um, and one of Nick's friends is coming on the show now just to, to provide a little bit of balance because obviously we've spoken to Joe and Beefy's side of uh, the argument. I think it's only fair that we speak uh, to Gary Lockett and Liam Williams' side of the argument. Gary Lockett is going to be on the show next right here on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. You're listening to Radio City Talk as ever on a Tuesday night. Fight Disciples get stuck into everything that is connected to Merseyside boxing. Now, we are slightly going off-piste with what we are about to talk about, because this gentleman, is, he, he is vaguely connected to Merseyside Boxing, and he's a good mate of yours, isn't he? Old Gary Lockett. And I don't think he'll appreciate me calling him Old Gary Lockett, but he is the man behind uh, Liam Williams, the man that is going up against our very own Beefy Smith this weekend. Yep. This whole, the whole city, uh, five fans from Merseyside will be very familiar with Gary Lockett because uh, while he was a Welsh national champion, ABA champion, um, a standout amateur with dynamite in his hands, he turned pro and, and trained out of Liverpool. He trained out of North Liverpool um, with um, a coach, and uh, Colin Moorcroft, of course. How could Colin Moorcroft escape me? <laughs> Colin Moorcroft, who's uh, he's not actually involved in the game too much anymore, but uh, a famous Liverpool boxing coach. Certainly from uh, from the from the nineties and early noughties, um, and uh, yeah, he was based out of North Liverpool. I spent lots of time with Gary in camp, seeing him preparing for fights and everything else. Absolute diamond of a lad. Taken to the uh, coaching game like a duck to what? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, certainly part of this new generation of coaches, ex fighters coming through with coaches and um, expecting exciting things from him. You know, because he was such. You know, I'll be honest. He had that much potential, Gary, the rocket locker, that um, I, I think he just struggled to, to realise it fully. And I think, you know, sometimes that is what makes the best coaches because somewhere inside them think, you know what, I made a mistake, I mm. made the wrong decision, I didn't quite achieve what I was hoping to achieve myself. So I'm going to find a young talent and I'm going to teach him to do what I, not to do what I did and steer him on his way. And Boise found a little uh, a little gem in uh, in Liam Williams. Spoke about that similarly with Barry McGuigan, didn't we? With yeah. his regrets of not stepping up in weight and that's him now pushing Completely. on Carl Frampton. Yeah. Well, let's not mess about. Let's get the geezer on the form. How are you, mate? I'm very well indeed, my man. We've just been eulogising over uh, your fantastic... Uh, relationship with Nick and how you became pals, obviously you doing your thing over here in Liverpool, mate. He referred to you as uh, the rocket, mate. The man with dynamite in both fists is what he referred to you as. Uh, high praise indeed. <laughs> <laughs> We're also talking about the change from obviously going from fighter to coach. Yeah. 
Did you yeah. find that an easy transition when you did this a couple of years back? I think it's. Um, I think it was a steady transition, but obviously, I think you have to treat every every fighter as an individual. I think it's important not to. I think it's important to realise early on that um, fighters can't do what you can do, and fighters have got different sort of strengths and weaknesses to what you had yourself. And I think that's the first thing you have to learn. But mm. uh, you know, after that, you know, you're always learning. Um, I'm by no means am I the finished article. I'm, you know, I'm a young coach, and I'm learning all the time. So um, it's going pretty well at the moment, to be honest. Also, you've you've got to be wary of them fighters, mate. I know you've got a decent stable there, right? But they, they like to stitch the coach up on regular basis. I've seen a couple of YouTube videos knocking about of you, obviously, in oversized shirts that they've got. Obviously, you get all that type of thing. Why can't they get you something that fits your tight trousers as well? I believe that they ordered for you at a fight recently, mate, where they've stitched you up. You need to get the kit sorted. You need to get you in charge of your own kit. <laughs> tight trousers. <laughs> you need, no, to, get, was, you need to be in charge of it, mate. You can't be letting Enzo Macronelli order your gear. That's what I'm basically saying. <laughs> No, you know, it was one not so long ago where I had an extra, extra large top. It was absolutely horrendous. And uh, I, threw, uh, I threw the dummy out of the pram and I wasn't going to wear it. But um, in the end, I saw to the fighter and uh, I wore it and I looked dreadful. And everybody was saying to me, um, God, you brought, some, uh, you brought some weight, haven't you? But that wasn't the case. <laughs> so that, you know, being, being as vain as I am, I think that absolutely killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got your attire sorted for this weekend, Gary? Well, Liam's got it sorted, but he's a, he's a little bit more organised than the rest, so um, he's got my extra, extra, extra small top, so the muscles fold <laughs> <don't>. Great. <laughs> Listen, just on Liam himself, I mean, we've spoke about him quite a lot on the show recently, mainly because of obviously this fight being made, but he's one of those fighters that has just constantly made progress over a period of 18 months to two years. He's one of them that you're just thinking, every time I see him, he's getting better and better and better. And obviously you must be seeing this on a regular day, day to day basis in the gym. Yeah, of course. And um, you know, when you have a, when you have a fighter like Liam, very talented. Um, so you know, I, it's hard to take. People say, oh, you know, you've been working hard with him. You've got him in great shape, and that's really not the case. You know, my job is easy with with Liam. You don't really have to do a lot with him because he listens to everything he's told, and um, you don't have to worry about him doing his doing his sprints or doing his lessons in the night or, or, or doing his run, you know, his grueling run because if you tell him not to do it, he's going to still be out there doing it. So um, he's very dedicated, um, as I say, which, which makes my job very easy. But yeah, he, you know, I think what you're saying is, is, is accurate. He's, he's made very steady progress. Um, I do believe the last two fights, we haven't really seen that progress because, um, because he fought Gary Corbin in a very bad-tempered fight. Yeah. Um, and then the last time um, at Hamlet, and dropped out of the fight, um, which I believe if he, if he had a full Amit Patterson, you would have seen Liam's best performance in that fight. But Patterson dropped out, and then a, a guy come in where you know Liam didn't really have a lot to beat. So um, you know this this on Saturday, we're hoping it's going to be you know the, the icing on the cake, and you're going to see the best performance yet from Liam. Is this a fight you went looking for, Gary? You guys put your heads together and said, that's the fight we want. Obviously, after after Beefy lost against Canelo, did you target him, knowing full well that a win over Liam Smith would propel Liam into a world title fight? No, no, we didn't go looking for it. I mean, bang off at the fight, and we said yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a fight we went looking for. I know that Beefy said after Canelo, you know, he wouldn't mind fighting the winner of, of Liam versus Patterson. And that's a fight that makes sense. 
and um, you know it's it's the best it's the best fight out there at light middle or super welder or what whatever you want to call it in Britain. But also, I believe that it's probably one of the best fights that will get made in British boxing. Yeah, and with and with Frank obviously doing his debut promotion on BT Sports on on April the eighth, mm. it just made sense. We spoke to Liam Smith about the fight, and obviously, from a from a fight fan's point of view, our attitude is one hundred percent a fifty fifty fight. You know, because okay, Liam Smith has fought potentially a higher level opponent, but Liam Williams is on an incredible run, and every time you throw a hurdle at him, he just seems to jump higher and jump faster. So for me, it's a real fifty fifty fight. Beefy thinks it's the other way. He thinks his experience and his strength and his, his natural ability will shine through. From being in Liam Williams' corner, what, what, why do you think the fighters swayed toward your, towards your guy, Gary? Um, you know, look, you know, not, uh, not downgrading BT at all. He's an absolute quality fighter, you know, and obviously I've seen a lot of BT in, in the last sort of 12 weeks. Um, I've studied him a little bit, and, um, you know, he's a quality body puncher, very good on the counter. And, you know, he's it's, it's got a lovely defence, doesn't take a lot clean. And, you know, he's got that hammer to pedigree where he won ABA titles. So, you know, we are, we are under no illusion to what a tough task it is. Um, but you said yourself earlier, you know, Liam Williams is improving all the time. He's getting better fight by fight. And, um, you know, I just believe that Liam has a better all-round ability than Liam Smith. Um, you know, he's a good boxer, he's a good puncher. Whereas with Liam Smith... I think he does tend to do the same thing every fight. I mean, obviously, he does it well. He does it very, very well. But with Liam, I believe Liam Williams can adapt to any situation. Does does it upset you? Because um, I've read a lot on, in the mainstream press about, obviously, the knockout uh, or the stoppage tear that uh, your boy's on at this moment in time. I think it's eight on the spin, isn't it? So a, a lot can be made of, oh, he's a banger, he's a puncher. But this is a kid that's won six British ABA titles. Does He, he doesn't get enough credit, does he, for, for his boxing ability? Yeah, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't part um, of, uh, of the GB squad, really. Um, he, was, he was part of the GB squad for maybe five or six months, but I think he got fed up because he was on the podium squad. He's going back and forth, there, not not reviewing really anything. So, uh, whereas the other guys, you know, the guys that um, sorry, he was on the de- develop, de- development squad. Whereas the guys on the podium squad were, were getting good money, I think the guys on the development squad were getting were getting next to nothing. So I think he just got fed up and. And he turned pro then. So, um, you know, he, unless you, you're, you're part of the GB set, I think your amateur credentials, they go unnoticed, don't they? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think he had about 55. He only lost four, and three of those were two um, foreign opponents. So, he's he only ever lost one British opponent. That guy come from Newport, which is just down the road from us. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he had a very, very good amateur career as well. Whose idea would it, just to finish off, Gary, whose idea would it to go out to Vegas for a bit of training, mate? Come on. I bet it was. I bet it was. You're in charge, man. You're supposed to deter him from the Sin City. <laughs> no, you know what? I think the main reason with, with Liam is, you know, Liam gets a car, right? And a week later, he hates it. Liam, <laughs> Liam, gets, Liam gets a dog. One week later, I've had enough of this dog. I want rid of it, right? <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of guy he is. You know, he's got this sort of, um, he just gets very, very bored of things. And, uh, you know, you, you, you put him in our gym for, for, for eight or ten weeks for a training camp, yeah. and he just gets bored, and he wants to do different things. So uh, five weeks out, said, Look, let's, you know, let's go out. 
let's go out to, to America somewhere. So we had a couple of contacts. It's a big uh, place, Gary. Get, 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 America's a big place, mate, and you guys pick Vegas. Good lads, I like it. <laughs> I like what you've done. Yeah, but as, as you can understand, you know, it was um, it was it was all work out there. Aye, all right. Not, Aye, all right, mate. <laughs> but it's not it's not the same place, obviously, when. Um, when you've got work to do, I mean, yeah. I could have, um, I, I could have had a couple of beers, but uh, I was with two, I was with two boxers with, with, who were on diet, so uh, <laughs> I was on, I was that made me on the diet with them as well. So, no, it was um, we we had a couple of contacts in Vegas, guys like Ken, Kenny Adams, um, a guy called Anson Wainwright who writes for Ring Magazine. He comes from Cardiff, so mm. he set a few things up for us, and it was just great being out there, different. Different training setup, you know, some good mountains out there, some good circuits to do your sprints. Yeah, quality sparring in the Mayweather gym and, and, and different gyms like that. So um, it was just a, a real good change, and I think it kept things fresh for Liam. And um, you know, it was good to see different things, different faces, and, and learn. Especially as a coach myself, it was good to be around quality coaches out there as well. So um, I think it was a good trip. That's the key thing, isn't it? Happy fighter is a good fighter at yeah. the end of the day, isn't it? And if that's what works for him, get out, break the camp up a little bit, that's the best thing that you should be doing. Did you just say happy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> man. Happy? <laughs> He'll be after, happy after he weighs in on Friday, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's obviously fight week. You know, he's been very um, he's been very relaxed up to now. Um, but obviously it's fight week when the weigh-ins approach, and I think he's constantly looking at Chris Krems. With the travelling at the Manchester now, <laughs> services, and he's just he's just buying all the crispy crumbs in, in, in the cabinet. So uh, <laughs> no, I think you know, due to the weigh-in and, and the fight now, I think he's. Obviously, we're, we're, we're literally days away now, Gary, and, and you guys have obviously planned for something completely different. From a, but from the neutral, from a fan perspective, you know, we, we've been talking about this since the fight was made. We've been talking about it being fight of the year. We've been talking about being the best fight in British boxing right now. Neither of these guys take a backward step. Both technically strong. Both can punch. Is this going to come down to who wants it more? Um. Not to rubbish what what you know the, the sentence you just made, but I think that that sentence it gets banded about a little bit too 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 much. I think you know obviously both both fighters want it really badly. Yeah. But I think it's about who can keep their head on the night more. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and obviously, I think my man's going to win. You know, we got got a game plan. Obviously, Liam Williams, uh, Liam Smith has got a very good coach, Joe Gallagher as well. They've got a game plan, so um, you know it's all what you know how it unfolds on the night. You can keep their head. You know, there's a, there's a million reasons we could say why someone would win, but ultimately, um, hopefully, it's going to be a very good fight. If, if I had my pick, man, I would. I hope it's not going to be a good fight, but but uh, <laughs> you know, my, yeah. my nerves will be, be jangling on the night. But uh, may the best man win. Absolutely, Gary. Thank you so much for your time, man. Can't wait. See you Saturday no night. Pleasure, thank you. Oh, I'm so excited for that fight. I am so excited. He seems in good spirits. He seems a good guy. Yeah, yeah, First time I've ever spoken to him. Yeah, the, the, the Lockers is an the Rockets, sorry, is an absolute diamond. Yeah, as I say, I spent plenty of time in his own fight camps back when he was a fighter. It's great to see him doing so well now as a coach because, you know, as I say, you know, potentially did he re- re- realize his full potential? Maybe not, but may- thankfully, hopefully, he's gonna get he's gonna get himself a world champion somewhere along the lines here. Obviously, from his side's point of view I'm, I'm swayed to the beefy camp as I, as I said earlier in the show but uh, I think it's going to be a great fight I really do got a couple of bits uh, of news coming your way regarding Merseyside fighters one of which is beefy's brother Callum Smith uh, got a bit of hot goss don't know how uh, 
authentic my hot goss is, but I'm going to tell it you next right here <laughs> on Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now, earlier on today, we managed to catch up with Liam Smith himself just before the press conference took place in Manchester at around 12.31 o'clock this afternoon. We put a little bit of a phone call in for him just on the off chance we might be able to get a little bit of a chat. And we did. Hello. Hi, Liam. It's Adam at Radio City. How are you, mate? You good? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Nick's with me in the studio. All right, beef. How's it going? Okay. All right, Nick. You okay? Very good, mate. Yeah, you excited? Yes, I am. Yeah, just got the best conference now. I know. That's, this is the worst part of the week for you, isn't it? Yeah, they hate it. Boring. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, talk to me about Barcelona, mate. I thought when I saw that you were doing that quick four-rounder that you'd coupled it by maybe getting to go and watch Lionel Messi and uh, Luis Suarez. Did you manage <laughs> no, to get a game it in? Just, no, it was just it, literally. We were in. Box numbers out out there, you know, ten o'clock Sunday morning. I was back home and fired again on the Monday. Mental. It was just literally something that to, that, that to be done. Yeah. And, um, to get a win. Of course, for to, to obviously to appease the WBO. How quick did it turn around, Beef? Because we had Paul Butler on the show last week, and he said I was in the gym with Beefy on the Thursday or whatever, and he didn't even say not uh, on just the Monday morning. Brush. Took his two I was like, and went. It's the Thursday I knew, you know, and then wow. obviously I just I flew the Friday box at the home Sunday morning, but <laughs> it was um. Like, people were getting mixed up. It was nothing to do with, you know, rankings or anything like that. You know, it didn't push me up in any rankings. It was literally to win. It right. was a win so I can fight for the vacant title. You know, you can't fight for the vacant yeah. title on the back of a loss. You know, my argument was, well, you know, Khan's going to fight Pacquiao because there was talks of that when, when we were arguing. Uh, and, you know, he's in the same boat as me, lost to the same fighter as me. Yeah. And, the, and you know, the answer to that was, yeah, that's Manny Pacquiao's. That's Manny Pacquiao's title. It's his voluntary defence. Gotcha. And, you know, how do rematches happen if you can't go into fights on the back of a loss? That was my argument. But, obviously, then the argument is it's not a vacant title. You know, so that's why I have to have, a, have the win. Right, Sam, with you. Nice to, to get ranking. the rounds in as well, Beef, isn't it? It's nice to get yeah, out there. Nice. And ju- it, was, it, was, it was different. You know, it was nice. It was, I broke the camp up a little bit. It was nice. As much as people can slag whatever the opponent... It was what it was, and yeah, exactly. It was nice to be back in that ring and under the lights, little gloves on, throwing you know power shots at someone. And and when and and when Canelo steps up, which we anticipate that he will do, two-time world champion. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and a hundred percent, he is going. You know, I spoke to Zalot earlier Saturday, and you know, after Crawlin and Ardis fighting, he he was like, "No way is he fighting at one fifty four ever again. He's huge, yeah, massive." And you know, I've seen pictures of him sparring a light devy. Rabinski and I thought oh, crazy he, he, he said he'll never make 154 again so I, I, that, that just gave me more confidence that you know, beat Liam Williams and world champion again that's amazing man listen um, we've we've spoken to Joe about how uh, he anticipates this fight to go and I'm sure that you're on the exact same card I want to talk about meeting Floyd Mayweather mate you know what I mean You, you are your best mates now are you going out are you staying at the mansion what are you doing <laughs> he, got, he, got on, he got on to me that way which is nice he got on to Away. Yeah, um, he knew you straight away, mate. That's that must yeah. that must be a big major thing for you. Yeah, it was you know him and Cotto. Now that, that was good, good to good to um, finally get a bit of recognition of someone. Please. Usually the others, so it was good for it to be me this time. Mate, because no, obviously he was, it he must have been good. Though, you know, yeah, it must have been good great, because yeah. he's been in that situation. He's been in with Canelo as well, so it would have been nice to swap notes. Oh yeah, but like he, he was just a couple of the time he had for us, and he was honest to God, he was great, but. Yeah, he said he was saying like you know you done well, Canelo's he's a tough man, and I said I used to laugh with him. I said you didn't make him look tough, and he was just laughing. He said like you know he said I was too experienced for him, and, but believe me. And then he went on to say you know Canelo beat Golovkin easy, which was 
Mm. Surprise him, but obviously that shows how much he rates Canelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that in his speech to the fans, not you know, not to me. He did say to us he thinks Canelo beats him. But he said, you know, in his in his speech to all the public that he thinks Canelo beats him easy. When um, have you had a word with Jurgen Klopp? By the way, mate, because uh, I thought no, Ste- no, no, I thought Stevie was going to endorse you. I mean, you're best mates now. You've done your TV show together and all that type of stuff. I thought you were going to endorse I've you, maybe a, get you in the midfield. I've asking him for a yes. Put me on the bench, it's not me, it was me. <laughs> I had to end up asking to give me a trial. <laughs> no, um, it goes again. That was another good experience. I've done that a few times now. I still get the same nerves as I always do, but again, it's good. They're all, they're all good people. Listen, Butler were on here last week. I know that he's a big footballer as well. He says that he plays right up until we've had you up in, uh, in the studio, mate, saying that you play your footy right up until fight night. Have you carried it on? Have you still been playing? No, I stopped. I stopped like. Is that because you know that Joe listens to the show? Is that why you're answering like <laughs> no, that? No, he knows I've stopped. I stopped. Like, you know, obviously, you know, and it'll sound disrespectful to people, but the bigger the fights I'm in, the more I stop, the longer I stop out. And I never kicked the ball for the Canelo fight because, you know, I probably should have because I had the worst camp I had. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's because you were playing them. bloody American football, man. That's what it was. You yeah. were kicking balls in Dallas <laughs> Stadium. Yeah. That's what it was, lad. Yeah. No, but. Um, I stopped a couple of weeks back for this as well. Yeah. I just thought with the Canelo one, you know, I've, I've played for a week before this title fight, but then now I've got the fight of Craig. Any injury I've never had, so that's why I never done it for the Canelo fight. But uh, you know, I've missed the footy, but I'll get back after Saturday. And I was going to say, have you told the lads season. on Sunday that you're he's available in, back available. on the team? Yeah, I'll be there Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but the Saturday one's the one now. I think we're we're close to winning the league on the Saturday, so looking look to get back. Good man. Listen, I know that you got busy there today, so we'll leave you to it. Thank you so much for taking the call. Oh, mate. no worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Enjoy nice the fight, Saturday. Beef Dan, can't wait to be mate. there, mate. Two time world champ, mate. <laughs> Tremendous stuff. Nice one. Thanks. See you in a bit, lads. See you later. Bye-bye. Now then, a quick one on other Merseyside boxing news. I've been hearing a little bit of a rumour regarding Callum Smith. Yep. Uh, a man that obviously. Um, well, obviously fights out of the same stable as his brother Liam Smith and his other brothers as well. But Callum, um, as we know, is the WBC mandatory for the super middleweight division. Anthony Durrell is the other geezer that he's supposed to be fighting since Badu Jack stepped up in weight to the light heavyweight division. Yep. Um, Eddie Hearn, Callum Smith promoter, lost the purse bids, $1.6 million to the Americans. So they're thinking of doing it over in the States. However, there's a curveball being thrown into this now. Because it's not in Vegas, it's not in New York, it's not in anywhere decent. It's in the little back alley town of Michigan where they don't have any running water. I'm not exaggerating, (laughs) that is legit, right? So why would you want to go over there and do that if you had another option on the table? That other option on the table, IBF crown, a showdown with James DeGale. I'm hearing that that is uh, gathering serious momentum and I wouldn't be surprised because Eddie Hearn loves pulling a little bit of a rabbit out of the hat, doesn't he? He does, yeah, exactly. And, you know, let's be honest, from a fight, from a fight fan's perspective, certainly a UK fan, I would much rather see Cam Smith fight James DeGale than I would see him go to the back end of Michigan. Um, James DeGale well, needs a UK fight as well. He does because he doesn't sell a lot of tickets. And uh, I think the whole of the UK, not just Merseyside, is excited about Callum Smith's potential. And I think he does sell tickets. That's yeah, the does. difference. Well, he sells out the Echo easy. Exactly. So I think if you were going to do that world title fight at the Echo Arena in the spring or in the early summer, it would sell out easy. It now brings us back to the fact that Eddie's already said, Eddie Hearn, that he's been in talks with Anfield is that going to be put back on the table now because Mm. if Callum Smith fights James DeGale that's potentially a stadium fight certainly if you litter the undercard with talents as well so super exciting I'm I'm glad for it to be honest with you I'd have been a bit I'd have been a bit dismayed if they'd accepted to go to Michigan to fight for the world title well nothing's been confirmed as of yet they might have to do that but 
it's going to be tough, that. And I'm, 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 I'm not winding up. They've got a water ban. I think it's been going on for about three or four years in this particular part of oh, Michigan. It's hardcore ghetto, Michigan. Yeah, like, it's serious It's stuff. like third world country stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you won't, you, you, you've got to go out there to acclimatise. You've got to get used to the surroundings. How do you get used to that? Yeah, exactly. No yeah. drinking water out your taps or anything like that. Obviously, they don't do that anyway because they've got their own sponsored water and all this type of stuff. But having to step back in time in order to try and achieve your it's dream, not, it's that's not a, a tough, environment. It's a tough thing to do. Exactly. And certainly, as you say, if there's a, what would, I would argue, a better option on the table, I would say that a James DeGale fight pays more than a, than a fight over there, even though the, the bid was, the winning bid was 1.6 million. Decent money, obviously, on mm. the table. And I'm guessing because they're both challengers, that would be a 50 50 split. So you're talking about £800,000 pace for Callum Smith. It's not about that right now, though, is it? It's about at the, the glory. Listen, at the end of the day, Callum Smith is going to be a very wealthy man when he finishes boxing anyway. You know, I've talked about him. I, I believe he's certainly going to be a two weight world champion, super middleweight and light heavyweight. Mm. That's his future. I think right now it's just about making the right decision at the right time. Don't get me wrong. I think James DeGale's a harder fight. That's the other way to look at it as well. I think he's a harder fight than Darrell. Uh, so it, it's kind of like rock, horses for courses, really, you know? So you get the comfort of staying at home, but you fight the greater champion. You fight the world number one super middleweight. Uh, or you go over to Michigan, you fight a guy that isn't necessarily the number one, but you fight him in the back end of nowhere. So Lovely backstory as well with James DeGale, because James DeGale's a mate of Stephen Smith, his Exactly, brother. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they've already been across that hurdle, you see, because Paul fought oh, yeah, him yeah, before, yeah. so... Uh, a little bit of family revenge in there as well, I guess. So, uh, interesting. I can't wait to see how that one plays out, to be honest. Now, um, coming up on April 22nd, uh, Matchroom are back in Liverpool at the Echo Arena. Uh, it is the Murray-Rosado fight, Oof, which we'll be talking gonna about. That's going to be bonkers. Hopefully, we'll be speaking to Martin Murray uh, very, very shortly. Also on that bill, a really good fight uh, involving Rocky Field, and he's fighting for the British title against uh, John, John Ryder. Ryder. Big Dead fan of John Ryder as well. I really Big like fan of Rocky. Fight. It's going to be a great yeah, fight, isn't it? God, yeah. Um, but also announced yesterday... Um, the man that the Masha well he just puts a smile on everybody's face doesn't he man <laughs> Sean Masha Dodd he's going to be fighting for the Commonwealth title against Lee Appleyard one of Dave Caldwell's boys so another connection yeah. to Liverpool there's so many little stories intertwining with this right. but well done Masha the boy from Birkenhead getting an opportunity like this if you'd have told me this two years ago I'd have absolutely wet myself at you but yeah. his ride over the last two years it's has incredible been, he's been absolutely sensational listen when you're in that Echo Arena and Masha's making his ring walk crazy. that crazy Birkenhead techno music that he comes out <laughs> To, which is just <laughs> abysmal but when he makes that walk Mate, listen, the he, place goes nuts Masha it's absolutely to the show. You, incredible you, you cannot slag his music off he listens to the show he'll be texting in I'm in not it. slagging it off I'm saying I'm 40 <laughs> I'm from South Liverpool from the suburbs I don't want to listen to Baconhead heavy house music of course you do of course you do you want to see listen me? but it works it's what Masha's all about and you know what for me this is the moment for them to strike why is Sean Dodd not sponsored by Smash Mash that would be a perfect sponsor for him. Get you set, Doddy, I'm going to make listening? that deal happen. Yeah, I'm going to get my 5%. I'm going I'm to ring. Does, does Smash Mash still exist? We'll commit bullets and we'll reinvigorate it, mate. We'll get yeah, the brand back this, on. This could be Smash Mash's big moment to come back with Masha Dodd, yeah. So make sure you are listening to us over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll have a pair of tickets to be given away for that. It's going to be a sensational show on April 22nd. Speaking of sensational shows, just deviating away uh, from boxing, well, keeping this on the Merseyside scene, Nick experienced something at the weekend. Wow. Um, the, the growth of a new superstar here on Merseyside in the mixed martial arts world. It was Cage Warriors 82 at uh, the Echo Arena of which you attended. I watched it on TV, right? Yeah. And I'm glad that I had surround sound because it felt like I was in the arena. There was that much noise coming through the system when this kid was making his ring walk. I'm, of course, referring to Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. Yeah. Okay, the result didn't go his way. 
But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It he's, made no he's, difference. He's a young kid, and with that following, you can't buy that following. Exactly. Listen, I was there on Saturday night. I, w- I went to Paddy's last fight, and the atmosphere was good then, but it, this was a whole different level. I mean, there was 8,000 in there easily, and they were all there for Paddy. Not a single person left beforehand. The atmosphere was electric. And I'm looking around thinking, this is the same numbers that Paul Smith versus Tony Dodson, Tony Quigley versus Tony Dodson, big British title fights Mm. from from a few years ago at the Echo Arena. They did similar numbers, about 8,000 as well, and the atmosphere was good then. I'm not, not, the comparison I'm trying to make is that that was a Merseyside rival. That was the entire city going down like it's Derby Day. Now, ironically, this was Derby Day at the weekend, but it wasn't about being a red or a blue. It was about Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. I was at Anfield earlier day for the Merseyside Derby, in fact. And people sitting in front of me were talking about the paddy fight later that night at the Merseyside Derby. And we get down there, the atmosphere was electric. But not only that, this is what threw me, and anyone who follows me on social media probably seen it. The medium age of people in there was, I swear to God, under 20. There was gangs on the floor itself. There was gangs of kids with that big wig look, which is what Paddy the Baddy goes for, the big hairdo, the, uh, you know, that that Liverpool, Scouse Liverpool boy look. They were everywhere. There was boy bands everywhere, Scouse boy bands everywhere. But on the floor, there was gangs of lads, say, aged between 13 and 16. Wow. In like tens and twenties, like groups of them, like on those big nights out. First time you've probably been out in town without the mums and dads. They were obviously allowed to go to the arena to watch Paddy the Baddy. They're all screaming for transitions and for knockouts, and they're all knowledgeable about mixed martial arts. Wow! And then up in the stand, up in the like the gantry itself, you had pockets of dads with like four or five kids around them, homemade Paddy the Baddy t-shirts, and these kids were like seven, eight, nine years what? of age. And that was everywhere. Like, everywhere you looked, there was kids going wild for Paddy. And I thought, I've never, in all my years of covering fight sports, in Merseyside or even abroad, I have never seen that many kids on events, never seen that many kids engrossed but supporting one guy. So, but by the end... I was, I was messaging you, wasn't I? I said, by the end, it doesn't matter about the result. It doesn't matter that he got beat in a fight that the industry, the mixed martial arts industry, said he would lose because the guy was a lot of, ton of experience. Yeah, and he was good. Really good guy against a 22-year-old that probably won a world title before he should have really won and a world title. And all this fame was, it, it's too much All too the soon. pressure on him, everything else. Listen, that loss, it, it's not a loss. I texted uh, as coach Paul Rimmer the day after. I said, listen, that L's not a loss. That's a lane. That's a lane. It's the famous Conor McGregor's coach, uh, John uh, John Kavanagh's quote. Is, it's it's not an it's not a loss. It's a lane, and that's a lane for him. He sold eight thousand tickets, and I, t- I promise you, even though he lost that fight, if he was to fight there next week, he'd sell eight thousand or maybe nine thousand the next time mm-hmm. because the kids loved it. It was incredible, and it's something special. And I've never seen that. I've never seen it with Tony Bellew. Never seen it with any Maisie side boxers. I've never seen it outside of Maisie side. I've never seen that many kids supporting. A young man, 22 years of age, mm. he's got some future, honestly. He's 1 million percent will be in the UFC one day. Right now, it's just about bring, keeping his feet on the floor and keep on learning. You yeah. know, he, he knows, him and his coach know he's got holes in his game. He's 22, of course he's got holes in his game. But the hardest part there, he can sell himself and he's got the fan base. We're going to carry on talking about that on episode 90 of our podcast, which is available Thursday morning, which is specific to mixed martial arts and the UFC in particular, because it's a big week for the UFC with uh, UFC 210 happening this weekend with the light heavyweights going toe to toe. But we will speak about Paddy the Baddy's performance and our thought process of what happens next. I've got differing views. We know that this is a business and I'm sure the business heads will make their particular decision. But I, I agree with what Nick's just said there. 22 years of age. 
harness that man because this Crazy. guy is going to be worth a few quid in a few years' time from now. Uh, anyway, that's on Thursday. We've got another show available for you tomorrow as we uh, dissect everything that's happening this weekend in Manchester involving our Liverpool fighters. Come and join us. Go to fightdisciples.com. Uh, and I would also like to take this opportunity to thank you for the lovely, kind messages that we have received over the last seven days since it was announced that this particular show, that me and this clown do on a week-to-week basis, uh, was nominated for Best British Sports Podcast at the uh, British Podcast Awards. It was announced last Wednesday, I think. Pretty awesome. Was well, pretty awesome. We do have cheesy grins on our face, uh, <laughs> and we would like to thank you for our, you, your constant support. We out... You, obviously, we wouldn't do this. If it was just me and him talking in our room, our wives would tell us to get a proper job, like, you know? So thank you so much for uh, coming to support us on a day-to-day basis. And like I said, if you've only just stumbled across us, we're on fightdisciples.com. That's the website. Hit the subscribe button, and you get three episodes a week of us ranting on about the fight game. Uh, We will be back next week with all the fallout of Liam Smith, Liam Williams, and obviously all the other guys that are involved in that particular night, and we will be building up to uh, what we've just been speaking about, uh, Martin Murray's efforts against Gabe Rosado, uh, and obviously Rocky Fielding being back in action that weekend. We just spoke about Masha. We've got all that to build up before uh, April 22nd, so make sure you come and join us right here on Radio City Talk. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.